Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and... 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. The following content is not suitable for children. George, let's talk about what turns women on. All the cues. Anybody listening, I'm sure, wants to know something about this, Lori. <laughs> Welcome to Foreplay Radio, Couples and Sex Therapy. I'm Lori Watson, your sex therapist. And I'm George Fallon, your couples therapist. And we are passionate about talking about sex and helping you develop a way to talk to each other. Our mission is to help our audience develop a healthier relationship to sex that integrates the mind, the heart, and the body. So there was this study, and it was called Cues Resulting in Sexual Desire for Women. It was by two sex researchers, Meston and McCall. And I, I've done a lot of research, and they're big in the field, so we appreciate them and thank them. You know, they thought about how do women turn on, and there's all kinds of books and articles that make up ideas about what's turning women on. And... 32% of women in this current study says, you know, women lack sexual interest. So really important here if they're going to be in relationship to understand for themselves and for their partners, like what are the cues? How do they turn on? And I found the study fascinating because I think there's a predictive value to it that we can learn sort of certain things, certain pathways and rituals that we can do that reliably turn us on. And I thought, man, this is this is gold. That's why I decided to do this podcast, Lori, to learn from you. I love this nerdy <laughs> side that jumps into the research and is such a, a wealth of information that could enrich all of our lives. So I'm excited to read this and talk about it. Okay. Yes, I, I definitely have a nerdy side. Did you know I used to be a software analyst, George? I did not. Yep. I worked on the stealth bomber. How? <laughs> That's impressive. How that nerdy, might be huh? another episode, the stealth bomber. I don't know. There's some overlap between that and the sexual conversation, I think, too, Lori. I think so. Well, so what they did is they took a group of women, 800 plus women, and talked to them about what turns them on sexually. And then essentially they, out of that group, eliminated women by certain criteria. They got down to a group of women who 
some of them had sexual dysfunction. And within that sexual dysfunction, some of them had low libido, which was kind of the most critical thing for this study. And then they also isolated out a group of women, a control group of women who were sexually healthy. So they had no sexual dysfunction whatsoever. And they compared and contrasted and did all kinds of interesting things. And they came up with four categories of cues that turn women on. And Mm -hmm. I I know we have this, I'm going to tell you what the cues are. So there's emotional bonding, no big surprise there. We talk about this all the time. In fact, it's kind of the thrust of the podcast, so to speak, (laughs) every pun intended. Uh, (laughs) You know, emotional bonding to create security. Obviously, this was the the biggest cue that turned women on. Right. Well, your thrusting comment (laughs) leads us to the second one, right? Explicit and erotic cues. Yes. Yes, sexual touch, viewing sex, sexual... We're going to read each one of these just to give our listeners a chance to kind of score for themselves. It gives you different ways of turning turning you on. Right. And then there's visual proximity cues um, about the people that you are close to. Does that turn you on? Like their fitness, how well-dressed they are. Hey, George, I just got to tell you... There's been a lot of EFT women that have asked me, you know, can you get George Fowler to wear better shoes? Like... All right. I guess they want you to be well-dressed, man. All right. I said, I, I pick my battles. I'm not about to do that. Okay. And you should see me in COVID. <laughs> I haven't worn shoes in a year. And I'm very happy about it. Yeah, exactly. Me neither. Okay, then there's romantic implicit cues. This is sort of the classic romantic stuff. Everything we think about, date night, sunsets, all of that. So have you got the study pulled up so we can kind of go through the list and maybe make a few comments? And this this is a long list of stuff. Again, I think we'll link you to this. We'll put it on the episode just so that you can see the study and try to understand with us what this is all about. Exactly. All right. So I'm just going to read the first 10 of the emotional bonding cues. If you can come out of these 40 cues with a few new ones, maybe that will uh, spice things up. Okay. So here we go. Emotional bonding cues. One, feeling a sense of love with your partner. Hmm. Two, feeling a sense of security in your relationship. Three, your partner is supportive of you. Four, your partner does something special or loving things for you. Five, feeling a sense of commitment from a partner. Six, your partner expresses interest in hearing about you. Bing, bing. Seven, <laughs> talking about the future with your partner. Wait, what was bing, bing? Bing, bing. I can't tell you how many wives I've heard. That's the biggest turn on just listening to them. How often they feel not heard. Yeah, absolutely. Eight, feeling protected by your partner. Nine, experience emotional closeness with a partner. And 10, feeling protective of a partner. Hmm, mm-hmm. There you go, Laurie. What do you think? I mean, I think this is emotional closeness, emotional security. Yeah, this is what most women talk about. You know, I I can't have sex unless I feel close. All of that. So this is the way they see it, the different little aspects of it. Certainly what I've said for a long time, and you kind of said ding, ding on it, is, you know, what's sexy after 40 is interest. Mm -hmm. It's 
it's not just how your partner looks or anything. I mean, it, that's that's really rare. Right. And that's what a priest friend of mine said. What's wrong with pornography is not what it shows, but what it does not show. Mm-hmm. Right. And it, it doesn't show all of this. All it doesn't this, show any of this. Right. And this is a huge part. I mean, the research in this study is real clear that these emotional cues are so important to women getting turned on. Mm-hmm. You know, when we were listening to that other podcast, and it was a bunch of women sitting around talking about all the things they like to do sexually. And you said, you know, they've split off the body from the heart, the mind, and their thoughts. And and your sense was what, you, you know, I don't know, maybe say it again, like, they will focus so much on the physical and the erotic that there there were little slip-ins of, well, if I feel connected, it, I can do this a little bit more. They can push the envelope. So mm-hmm. even in extreme example, they were still barely mentioning the importance of the bond, right? Liking somebody, feeling safe, feeling connected. And then again, that's just how we're made, how we're wired to have this this need for that green brain, right? Feeling open and curious. We can be playful when we're in that safe place. I think what was meaningful to me, though, as a male therapist, you knew that conversation that was absent from the conversation. And that's what, to me, made it seem like a show. You know, it was an act. They all six women or all five women who were represented didn't talk about this at all. It's like, I'm sorry, but I've never heard a female conversation that doesn't include some of this. So it felt like an act, you know, because I think a lot of women really do want to be with somebody who they feel close to. And it makes so much sense to me, even physiologically, Mm -hmm. you know, versus a hookup, because in a hookup, how can that man know your body? I mean, even even just technically to be good, you, you have to have somebody who cares about you to make it good for you. And I mean, that maybe that's some other bonding cue. I don't know. But um, well, the myth is the opposite, right? I was out with a few couples this week and somehow sex came up again and we were somehow and a, a no, lot nobody's the, interested in sex. No one's interested. <laughs> And, you know, when I actually told them that people that have the best sex are couples in long-term committed relationships, they're like, what are you talking about? You know, it's somebody new. It's one night stands. And I'm like, well, actually, that's, you know, then some of the wives started jumping in and were like, you know what? I don't even, it's too much work when I don't, you know, I need to know somebody to kind of let myself go to kind of, so how do we start dispelling some of these, you know, popular culture that it's all about this, this novelty when there's all this science and research saying the state of the emotional bond is critical to really healthy, good sex. Well, I think what you're saying is so important, though. There's a gender difference, right? Okay, let's come back and talk about that conversation because I have some things to say about it. Hey, I just want to take a minute to thank our Patreon supporters. I am very grateful for what you've done, and we'd love to invite the rest of you in on our mission. Your support means more than you realize, and it keeps this project moving forward, and we're really hoping to reach greater heights. Find a link on foreplayradiosextherapy.com or foreplayrst.com, and we are so thankful for your support. Become a supporter at the highest level and be part of George and Lori's live Q&A, for patrons on June 22nd. So for all you therapists out there listening to our show, I really want you to check out successinvulnerability.com. 
Anu Training website that we believe is taking online therapist training to the next level. It's so focused on moment by moment, practical moves, less theory, to really get people to have immediate success. Right? We're trying to measure targets of change so we can see if we're on target or we need to adjust. And the feedback we're getting is really excited. We're incorporating that feedback to continually adjust and to change the schedule. And come join us, SIV team. Also, I'll just put a plug in for it as well, because I am one of the learners. This kind of instruction just is not out there. How to do the micro moves that change people's hearts toward each other. It's so good. So it's reasonably priced. I just encourage you to go over to successandvulnerability.com and sign up. It's great training. George, though, there's a gender difference there that I think is really important. The men are saying what? That the hottest sex of their life is a hookup sex. And then the women are saying not so much. I mean, so different. And they're, and the men are arguing with you like, ah, optimal sex is not long-term sex. Tell me what you, how did you make sense of all that? I think there are some gender differences going on there. But one of my friends jumped in and said, you know what? It don't matter if you're married to a supermodel. Everybody gets sick of the same person over time. So again, this is a lot of men's mentality that's and it would make sense if you focus on, on the physical and you're not so engaged with your heart and your body and these different things we've talked about, then that novelty becomes really important. And the women, what did the women say to that? The women were, you know, didn't like that comment. They're like, you're ridiculous. It's, it's because, you know, it's the guy's ridiculous. clueless. There was something that they said in there that sounded like yeah, that. Yeah, some other words thrown into <laughs> ridiculous. But again, I think it's all the women agreed that they actually have the best sex when they can be relaxed and they know somebody and they, you know, they feel that connection to take a risk. Mm -hmm. So they, they're really highlight everything on that list, which is a, a gas pedal. That's a great way of unleashing their desire. Mm -hmm. So at least your buddy maybe hears for the first time or thinks about that. If he wants better sex with his wife, he's got to help her feel this. Yes. I mean, as he was saying, he was cuddled up on the couch. So I don't understand. We just got to get him to pay attention to that cuddle. <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. Okay. So all you men listening or women that are focused purely on the physical. I mean, this is, see what it's like to grow that romantic, emotional side, get the heart more engaged. You're going to have better sex. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. So the second section of cues, do you want me to read it? Yeah. These were please. the explicit erotic cues that people use to cue themselves or they are cued by a partner with. Um, so watching an erotic movie, reading about sexual activity, like a pornographic magazine or probably novel. a romance novel, watching or listening to other people engage in sexual behavior and activity, talking about sexual activity or talking dirty, watching a strip tease, sensing your own or your partner's wetness, lubrication or erection, asking for or anticipating sexual activity, hearing your partner tell you that he or she has fantasized about you, having a sexual fantasy, like a, a sexual daydream or, or a real dream that's sexual. You experience genital sensations, increased blood flow to the genitals. Okay, th and this study was primarily for women. They did originally do some investigation about cues that men use to turn on. I mean, I think 
all of these very male cues, right? If a man feels an erection, he's going to feel sexual. Right. Women, actually, if they feel lubrication, even sometimes it doesn't translate to their brain. Talk about a mystery. Well, I was actually surprised in reading this, Lori. Two different groups, they studied women that had a healthy libido versus women that had poor libido, right? Which is the most common sexual problem in women, low libido, right? Mm -hmm. But the women that had just healthy libido, they actually scored really high in this erotic score. They did. Right. So, and that, that was really interesting because it it does typically come across as a male thing. And yet it was a big turn on for women that have a healthy libido. And yet the opposite women with a low libido, this stuff didn't really work at all. Right. And, and think about how many men you've talked to or couples that you've talked to. And he's like, you know, if I could just get her to watch a romantic movie, an erotic movie, I know it would turn her on. But, you know, it it doesn't actually turn her brain on, which is where the sex drive is. Well, it actually could be a break, right? It's more pressure. Yep. And, And these just don't work. They're negatively correlated to her sexual desire. But you're right. The control group, the sexually healthy women, all of these worked. Which is worth highlighting. Because this, if you find yourself getting turned on, that's a really good thing. You're not just, it's not just about the romance. There's something about the anticipation, that erotic mind that we do, especially with women wanting to develop because it increases their levels of engagement. Right. It's not just romance. It's actually sex that turns these women on too. So very cool. Yeah, that's great. And I hate the labels, healthy and dysfunctional. I never met a woman or a man with low libido that didn't have good reasons for it. It's not their fault, mm-hmm. right? There's something going on chemically or there's something going on in a relationship or, you know, it's about just being able to face that and say, hey, listen, for good reasons, I find myself in this place and there are mm-hmm. things I can do to kind of get out of this kind of low libido place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And because low libido is not going to make the coupleship happy. I mean, nobody needs to do what they don't want to do. But if you stood up in that big white dress and said, I promise a physical, a sexual relationship, I mean, I I don't think a partnership can survive without sex. We're going to be asked that tomorrow, George. Did you see that? Like, how important do we think sex is to a relationship on that interview we're doing? Okay. I'm like, "Uh, yeah, like really important. Can't survive. (laughs) The doorway into vulnerability right there. It is. It is. I mean, into physical vulnerability, certainly. Let's get to number three here. Okay. This is the one that's a little, me me and Lori had a nice little argument or conversation, whatever you Mm -hmm. want to say, around the visual or proximity cues. So one, seeing someone who is well-dressed or has class. You want to say something? Yeah, I... I mean, this is just like personally so not a turn on for me. So it's it's hard for me to get this. I mean, I sort yeah, I mean, I, I guess I like a man when he's all dressed up. Sure. Yeah. Two, seeing someone or talking to someone powerful. And that just screams narcissism to me. So <laughs> Three, being in close proximity with someone attractive. Well, maybe that, you know. There's this uh, music video, and it was on our sexy playlist, our foreplay sexy playlist. You know, Spotify, everybody, we have foreplay sexy music. So those are the songs we're listening to. But there was some video about a group of people, you know, they're dancing really close. They're all beautiful, 
beautiful young bodies and you know essentially and they're just all taking off their clothes i'm like okay i get that you know just everybody in the heat of the moment they're so excited so okay for seeing someone famous Unless this it's is Robert another. Redford or Brad Pitt. Forget about it. Well, there it. you go. But that's a good game I've seen lots of couples do. Who's the one person it'd be okay famous that you could sleep with? And the hall pass. Yeah. Somebody always comes up with somebody. So maybe there's something to this. <laughs> yeah. Here goes number five, seeing a well-toned body. You're at the beach. Anybody looking at that? Yeah, right. Six, seeing or talking with someone wealthy. Woo. Here we go. I don't get that. Do you get that? I know there's a, a big sugar daddy thing happening on the internet. So there's obviously uh, some of this happening. Seven, watching someone engage in physical activities, watching those boxers or mixed martial artists. Eight, seeing someone act confidently. Nine, seeing or talking with someone intelligent. Or 10, flirting with someone or having someone flirt with you. So it's proximity. These do work for some women. They were kind of the lower scores overall, if I read the study right. Yep. But Okay, watching someone engage in physical activities like Tom Brady, I get that. This part feels somewhat bad to me. I, I don't know. I just, I have heard so many people feel used. Women feel used, like I got to have a beautiful, perfect body. And men feel used, I got to make a ton load of money. And I, I just... There's got to be something else that is intrinsic in coupleships that, you know, we find each other and feel love and feel sex other than, than just, I don't know, external stuff. Well, we invite curiosity. If you find yourself, there are a lot of people, we live in a materialistic culture. So if you look mm -hmm. at somebody that has all the nice toys, there's probably something exciting about that, that some of that translates itself sexually. You know, I'm not here to judge, but we're just inviting people to kind of understand what is it about that list of somebody famous that would really turn you on? Somebody intelligent, definitely, right? That was right. that was always high on my list. That was the one on that list you liked. <laughs> I liked flirting. I, I said a bunch. I mean, yeah, I, right. like I, I said a bunch of things that I liked, even though I, I uh, didn't like this part of the list. Okay, right. back to romance, George. Uh, whispering in your partner's ear and having your partner whisper in your ear. Woohoo! Dancing closely. Gentlemen, learn how to dance. At least learn how to slow dance. That, that would be and Make so sure you're boring. wearing nice shoes when you do it. <laughs> Watching a sunset, having a romantic dinner with a partner, watching a romantic movie, being in the hot tub. Touching your partner's hair or face, giving or receiving a massage, laughing with a romantic. Okay, you need to say some stuff here, dude. I, I talked about the other one. You say some stuff. Laughing with a romantic partner. What do you think? And laughter is a great sign of a green brain. It's totally relaxing and open and playful and curious. I mean, who doesn't like to laugh? So, yes, it's a big part of being turned on and feeling close. Yeah, I, I would say that's the... Number one thing in my own sex life is we laugh a lot. And smelling pleasant scents, yes, please. Perfume, cologne, shampoo, aftershave, all of that. Those are good things. Can we just say it, it all still works? All of these things that you know we did when we were dating, that cues women into it's, it's going to be sex time. It, it kind of shapes the moment in that direction. 
right? And again, all this translates to men too. All this need for this emotional kind of touching of faces, laughing. I mean, if you haven't laughed a while in sex, that's your homework assignment. Go home and find a way of just making a little bit of joke or not taking yourself so seriously. Just see how fun that is to just lighten the load and take some of the pressure off. I will say, though, I don't mean to contradict you, G, but the study kind of mentions, though, that men are triggered intrinsically just by being male to have sex and and particularly the explicit erotic cues. Okay, so I, I want to talk about the thing. So that, hold on, hold on. Because uh, again, we're going to, I'm trying to dispel a lot of this myth that men are just intrinsic and, it, and it's all about the turn on and the high T scores. And that's certainly there, but you know, they afterglow, like it's men that are wanting to cuddle. I mean, this emotional romantic side is so underestimated in, in the sex acts for men. And we really need to kind of champion that message that says, wait a second, just because it's maybe not driving it or often culturally accepted that it's, I haven't met a man that the romantic part isn't at some, some part, really important part of the process. Well, I think you're referencing too the the studies about optimal sex, right? That show mm -hmm. men and women. It's the connection, the presence. Um, Huge. All Peggy Kleinplatz's work, right? It's yeah. we know what great lovers. It's all about the connection and feeling safe and open and playful. So that's cuts across gender. Yeah, I think for women, the most exciting thing about this study that I saw was that. They, they believe sometimes that sexually healthy women or women with higher libido, they unconsciously use these cues. That it's just a seamless way that they live their life that adds to their sexual desire. I mean, certainly I think women also have intrinsic desire, you know, that their body prompts them, that their own mind prompts them. These are external cues by and large. But I, I just, I got so excited, I thought, you know, what if a woman listening could say, okay, you know, maybe one of them doesn't turn me on, but how about a combination of them? And it, what if you mm -hmm. set your pattern so that you built this into your life to kind of develop libido? I've often thought that women are like gleaners, you know, okay, maybe it doesn't turn you on when your husband comes out of the shower for whatever reason that would be. But, you know, all of these things could together create sort of this platform that makes you more ready and more turned on for sex. So I, I would say just go through this, figure out, can you make any of these happen on a regular basis? You know, it's Friday night, you spend time together, you're listening to each other, you turn on music that's sexy, there's dancing. I mean, I have one patient who nothing turns her on, but when her husband gives her a massage, she finally relaxes, and she kind of does get in the mood. I'm like, why not do that every Friday night? You know, like if you know that that's going to work, why not build that into the ritual? This is great news for husbands. They really need to read that list because so often their solution is going to be all the external stimulation, you know, put on some erotic movie or take out a vibrator, all of this stuff that could be helpful. But this study says people with low libido, that's not actually going to help. Mm -hmm. What they're going to need is the romantic, emotional safety cue. Mm -hmm. So actually being able to take some of that pressure off, that's what that massage is. Telling your partner it's okay that, you know, I still love you, I still want you. Like trying to get their body to feel safer to then take that next step towards 
the erotic. I mean, I think that's really important information that this research is uh, highlighting. In EFT, the stage two, where a, a partner is saying, you know, I, I hate this about you. Essentially, I hate this part, but I get it. How for you, you can't turn on unless you feel safe with me, unless we've done something romantic. I mean, I think just that acceptance that that's how she is, mm -hmm. that she needs that would go such a long ways compared to the disappointment and pressure that is often put on these women. You know, I wish you were different. I wish you, you know, were the sexually healthy woman who could turn on with, you know, sexy cues. It's, I don't know. I just, yeah, no, it's, if it's, I were a man, I would do it different. When you're being rejected, it's hard to be empathetic, right? When your fight or flight response kicks in and that's mm -hmm. why you get angry, you want to protest. And, you know, what we're hoping listeners now, when you're not triggered, you could open your heart a little bit and say, wow, the partner who actually has a low libido, they're in a horrible place. They feel bad about themselves. There's so much shame. There's so much pressure. They're feeling like a failure. I mean, it's pretty terrible to just have a little love in that place makes it a little bit easier than to kind of move move the ball, the needle a little bit. So that's that's our starting point, just trying to give them a respite from all of that darkness and heaviness. Mm -hmm. So if you want to look at this, we've got the study on the page on the website and foreplayradiosextherapy.com. And also, you know, all kinds of things are happening for us. Um, we're doing a class. George has got his new module on success and vulnerability for you therapists who want to learn more about how to do EFT and how to attune. I got to say, George, the best module, I think, so far that I've listened to, and I've liked all of them. And we're doing our retreat October 1st, Friday, October 1st. So that's coming up soon. We're um, also doing a training for therapists and sex, right? What yes, is that, Laurie? Yes, that is... Normally, Lori's a lot better with dates than I am. It's in June. It's on our website in Canada. Magentix. Yes, June 10th and 11th. Okay, yep. So we're doing sex and attachment theory and integration of those things. We'd love to have you join us. Thanks for listening. Keep it hot, y'all. Call in your questions to the 4Play question voicemail. Dial 833-MY-4PLAY. That's 833-MY, the number 4, play. And we'll use the questions for our mailbag episodes. All content is for entertainment purposes only and should not be considered as a substitute for therapy by a licensed clinician or as medical advice from a doctor. This podcast is copyrighted by 4Play Media. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.